Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Fourth and Gold podcast right here at Beyond the Big Ten. You can follow us at Beyond the Big Ten anywhere on all of your socials. My name is Joey Christopoulos here. We're here to recap about a Minnesota loss. And only a couple more weeks to go, but let's bring in our host for today's show. You can find him pretty much anywhere. He's CBS Sportsnet's very own, Big Ten Network's very own, Sirius College Sports Radio's very own, former NFL player and former Minnesota Gopher standout. It's Brock Vereen. Hello, Brock. How you doing? You are far too kind with the resume, as always, but uh, thank you for being nice to me. There uh, wasn't too much to smile about this past weekend. He ran a four four eight forty. Uh, his vertical is... <laughs> I can keep going. I can keep going because, look... No, please, please look, do not. Unfortunately, do the not. Gopher season is, is, is took a turn uh, to a place that I don't think any Gophers fan was anticipating. They lose to Purdue 49-30. to They fall to 5-5 five and five on the season. Look, we've been on this show talking about opportunities, um, possibilities in the Big Ten West. I think that has just kind of slipped through the Gophers' fingers right now. So just give us a quick... First blush recap of your thoughts on that 49-30 to 30 disappointing loss this weekend. The microcosm of each game um, is gener- this late in the year is generally just a bigger situation regarding the season. What I mean is in against Illinois, they give up a 46-yard touchdown pass to a backup quarterback who's cold as ice, and that leads them to losing the game. And then just this last week against Purdue, they can't stop the run. And the issue is they haven't been able to stop the explosive plays downfield. And once you shore that up, now you can't stop the run again, right? So why I say it's a microcosm of the season, it's it's just been this continuous loop of once this thing gets corrected, now this levy yeah. breaks. Once we dam that back up, now the, now the original levy breaks, right? It's kind of just... There just hasn't been consistency, and it's the opposite of P.J. Fleck football, right? Um, they lost the time of possession for the second straight week, which is unheard of. Um, and it's it's the fundamentals, right? The, the Joe Rossi defense is not complicated. He's not confusing you. Um, the quarterback generally knows what he's going to get. The receivers know what they're going to get. It's just that Minnesota plays so fundamentally sound that you can't make make much out of it and for a defense that I believe was I I don't believe they ever left the top five in total defense a season ago um I'm pretty sure they finished at four maybe um for for that defense to now although inexperienced and and young even this late in the year to to still have these these just absolute collapses uh it's 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 difficult to see and when the offense is built around the defense holding their own so that the offense can kind of play slow um, and control the ball and keep the ball on the ground. Well, when Purdue can go out there and score in four plays, it, it, it's the whole thing just, just kind of crumbles apart. It, it's been it's been frustrating to watch this defense, but there's no one more frustrated than, than Joe Rossi, who has guys in place to make plays. Um, unfortunately, the the youth and inexperience just hasn't quite matured yet this season. Reared its ugly head against Purdue, unfortunately. 44 team carries for Purdue, 353 rushing yards, 8 yards a pop, 4 touchdowns, Brock. Um, you're bringing up a really interesting – oh, I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Hop in. Hop in quick. No, no. No, just add on, against a team that has not been able to run the ball consistently yeah. all year. No, no, no. Uh, it's, it's a great point, and it's an ugly number. 
And I think you're bringing up a really interesting question that I, I want to pose to you um, to give some Gophers fans some type of perspective. Um, as you're sitting right now, you know, unfortunately, we're heading towards the end of the regular season, which is crazy. We just talked about that on the pre-pod that it's almost over, just a couple weeks left. You know, what is your perspective when you're when you're looking back on this right now? I think some Gophers fans might say, to your earlier point, you know, if we had just executed in these small moments here, we'd have seven or eight wins right now. Are, are, are you in that camp, or are you saying that maybe some of those execution issues are a microcosm of something that says, hey, this team definitely needs a lot of improvement, a lot of adjustment heading into the offseason and heading into next year? Where do you kind of land in that camp? Where I land is years from now, this will be looked back as the season where the Gophers fumbled the Big Ten West three different times, <laughs> right? So every game exists in a vacuum, right? You can't really compare wins necessarily. You can't say, well, this team put up such and such points against Wisconsin. Here's how I feel. Our defense stacks up, so they should score this many points against us, right? It doesn't work that way. But you can compare your performance against different teams. So early on in the season, after they fell to Northwestern, after the 21-point comeback and then the loss in overtime, people thought, ah, I hope I hope we look back and don't see that as the reason why we don't go to the Big Ten West Championship. I, I, I hope that that isn't a dark cloud over us for the don't whole worry. year. Don't worry. There's other things. Don't worry. Don't worry. There's other stuff coming. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then they after that, they worked their way yeah. back up pole position of winning the Big Ten West. And then the Illinois loss happens. And even still, two weeks ago, Wisconsin fell, um, Nebraska fell, and it was like, oh my god, even though we lost to Illinois, and we thought that was going to be the reason, we still have a shot. And now by losing to Purdue with a tough game of Ohio State still remaining on the schedule, um, and Wisconsin and Nebraska having to face each other, meaning one of them who you're tied with, guaranteed to have a win right because one of them Mm -hmm. has to beat the other um and then iowa nebraska play at the end of the year so one of them will have to you know it's it's statistically possible but not not really and there are three different games where if you just don't drop one of the games between northwestern illinois and purdue you're still fine even with ohio state on the schedule but unfortunately they dropped all three and that's just an experience rearing its ugly head. That is one team making plays when they need the most um, down the stretch of those games. And in no, in well, really not in the situation of Purdue because that, that, that was by all means a, uh, a uh, blowout, but in the other two, the other team made plays when they needed to. And unfortunately Minnesota didn't. So we roll it forward now. Um, if you just pull up the standings, the Big Ten West is just littered with five and fives right now. And then there's Iowa on top and then Purdue, <laughs> Purdue still on the bottom. Um, yeah, as you, as you mentioned in tease there, they got Ohio State next week and then they got Wisconsin to wrap up the season. So, um, Brock, let's just keep it simple right now. Uh, are, are, is Minnesota going to be bowl eligible? Are, are you saying that they're going to be able to get a win out of these next two games? Ohio State's going to be tough the, the way that – Marvin Harrison Jr. looks right now, the way that Ohio State's defense is playing right now, the way that Minnesota's offense is is struggling yet again. It's 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 not looking likely. That game against Wisconsin, I'll take Minnesota. Um, it, it's at Huntington Bank Stadium. And Wisconsin right now, um, it's clear that without their quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, uh, 
they're just a different team and they they are banged up, mm-hmm. right? And w- w- which is why I don't fall back on the injuries for Minnesota. D- does d- do you want your starters out there? Of course you do. That's why they're your starters, but everyone in the Big 10 West is banged up. I mean, name five guys on Nebraska's team right now that don't play quarterback. <laughs> you can't because everyone yeah. has been hurt. They they've lost three running backs, they've lost two receivers, they've lost line, like they've lost everyone. And they're still in a situation that they can win the Big Ten West, right? So it's 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 not an excuse that is justifiable. Look at Wisconsin. Um, look at Iowa. They, they lost their quarterback. Uh, they lost their, their best tight end. I'm sorry. They, they lost their two best tight ends, you know. So it's not injuries. It, it's just guys who are able to, to, to step up and make plays. So, again, to, 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 to bring back to the question of if there is a bowl game, Ohio State's it's not looking likely. Um, I will take them over Wisconsin, but if Tanner Mordecai can come back, Minnesota will not um, be be favored in, in, in that game at all. Yeah, uh, it's it's just getting to the point of this season. It's it's just a matter of attrition right now for a lot of these teams, especially a lot of the teams sitting at five and five. Um, I do want to ask you this question um, because I think it's <clears throat> it's relevant for almost every college program right now. Uh, if you pull up your ESPN app and you look at two top headlines right now in NCAA football, like I did this morning, uh, people are getting fired, Brock. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot after, after, after winning games by 40 yeah. points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fired. Which is which is honestly, uh, it, it's a fair question to ask for every program because I don't think anyone is really exempt, and we've had our fair share of disappointment here on the Fourth and Gold podcast. So. On either side of the ball right now, do you, do you feel like that there's any maybe change coming from the coaching staff right now? I mean, look, there's a lot of pieces on this team that, that you know, when you have a true freshman like Darius Taylor who, look, has not finished the season healthy, you can point to certain aspects and say, hey, the future is really bright. But coaching staff-wise right well, coaching staff wise right now, is, should there be any concern right now on either side of the ball uh, for Minnesota? Defensively, absolutely not. Um, this is the one blemish on the career of of, of Joe mm-hmm. Rossi um, as a coordinator at Minnesota. Really, every other year except for 2020, which was the COVID year, which is just funky all around. Um, it, it's a top ten defense at some points, a top five defense at some points, a, a top two two defense for for part of the year. Right? They are inexperienced back there. And while that's not an excuse, it is enough to say, okay, they were really young, and this is the one time that the defense has been this bad. So Joe Joe Rossi's not going anywhere. That staff under him, I mean, non-coordinator assistants get shuffled around all the time for various reasons. So you you can never really expect all of your assistants to come back. Um, especially if they get a bigger opportunity somewhere else. But Joe, Joe Rossi will, will still be there as long as he wants to be. Offensively, I, I, I could understand people wanting something different. The thing is, you have then, if, if they move on from, from, from Coach Simon to Coach Harbo, it would be three coordinators in three years. It's tough to have success for for not only just Eighth and Kaliak Manis, who clearly still has, has ways to go, but for anyone to succeed. Um under that situation, you had Kirk Shiraka, who left this year to go to Rutgers. Um, now you have Coach Harbo and Coach Simon. If you, I, I don't know if you can change again. It's also the, the standpoint of it's it's clear now under the Fleck era that no matter who's the coordinator, he's making sure that they know what kind of offense he mm-hmm. wants to run. Um, how many coordinate? There, there are some coordinators who are fine with the head coach dictating 
hey, this part of your playbook is okay, and I want all the plays to be around this part of your playbook. There are some coordinators who want carte blanche and say, no, 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 let me assess what we got and let me call the offense. Um, Fleck wants things run a certain way, which if he were to move on, um, the the talent pool gets smaller, right? It's, it's like going on a dating app and saying, I only want people who are 6'2 and taller. Oh, there, there, there are options, but you just cut out about 80% of the people, you know? Um, I personally, I would be surprised if they move on from the offensive, from the, the, the co-offensive coordinators. PJ Fleck, he's my coach. He's my coach. I'm sorry. I'm doing, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best Michigan right now that I possibly can. Um, Dude, we, 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 we could do a special episode later this week just about that. But I, I, I just have to bring up this one thing about that that we can, yep. we can move on from that is seeing Coach Moore go from super emotional bawling and then immediately um, – it was Jenny Taft, I believe – and then immediately going to Blake Corum, who's just stone-faced, blood gushing down his forehead, and he's like, um, okay, like <laughs> – what a 180! Just, just the, the the complete emotions of Sharon more than Blake Corp. Like, I need ten stitches, but I could do your interview right now. I don't know what the heck that was. The juxtaposition uh, <laughs> was, was right. Great. Yeah, we were. I, I was, was on. Great, uh, we were talking on the on the Maryland Testudos and Touchdowns pod here beyond the Big Ten last night. How do you how do you think that happened to Blake Corum? Do you think that the helmet came down? And it, do you think it smushed the the bridge of his nose, right? Because he was trying to like tape it up and everything. And uh, is that is that what went down? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's fairly often, uh, sorry, fairly common with uh, well, R.I.P. to the position, but in fullbacks, <laughs> if you do see them out there, uh, it's common in fullbacks, it's common in linebackers, it's common in running backs. Um, that 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 helmet is is on as tight as it can be because you know there's a lot of contact, and that that little fold right here like if you mm-hmm. scrunch when you're bracing for contact naturally you're gonna scrunch and that scrunch creates like a little pocket fold of skin and then the contact of that like shoves it down um i'm i'm sure that is a very scientific explanation um but that's how the skin just kind of just bursts and then you get the cool blood gushing down and you love it while you're playing but once you get in the shower and it starts stinging when you put all the soap on it, you're like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't think this is cool anymore. Uh, there's a lot of med students listening right now writing down scrunch. <laughs> <laughs> Taking <laughs> right notes, yes, yes. Skin yeah, yeah. fold. Yeah. Um, well, let's open it up here. I want to hear your thoughts on the rest of uh, just the Big Ten action over the weekend and then college football in general. Let's just keep it with the Big Ten right now. Um, you know, uh, Ohio State held serve. Uh, Michigan State obviously held serve versus Penn State. You know what stood what stood out to you the big over the weekend? The Marvin Harrison Jr. Heisman campaign is real. Um, it was clear going into Ooh. that. Yeah, it, it, it was clear going into that game. Look, we're not expecting to play our starters. Mi- Michigan State's having a having a, a, a tough year, of course. Um, but we're gonna make sure Marvin Harrison Jr. gets his, and then I don't believe he touched the field at all after he scored that third touchdown. Nor should he. Put your stats up. Rest on your laurels. The only problem is Jaden Daniels of LSU went off for 600 yards, which is it's 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 okay because yes, of course, if the Heisman were given out today, it would go to him. But if he has a tough game um, over this final stretch, then Marvin Harrison Jr. has some good games. 
um, he still has an opportunity to to jump him. Um, so right now it's going to come down to Marvin Harrison Jr. probably third. I would say Bo Nix slash Jalen Milrow are tied for second. Um, and then I would say I'm completely cheating here. Um, and then I would say. Penix and Jaden Daniels are tied for first. So I have well, like six people in three <laughs> slots. So kind of cheating. Um, but the beauty of it is Washington and Oregon um, potentially could play again if neither of them fall uh, to Oregon State, which is a, a, a true possibility. Um, LSU is not going to the SEC championship. The, the championship's already said it's, it's, it's Georgia and Bama. So Jalen Milrow will have a, an extra opportunity because of that championship game. And Marvin Harrison Jr. will have an extra opportunity. So that that um, the, the benefit of going to your championship always gives you uh, just another chance to show what you can so do. So is it fair to say when it comes to the Heisman right now, for you personally, the, the, the leader in the clubhouse right now is probably maybe Michael Penix by a hair. And then what would a huge game versus Michigan do for Marvin Harrison? Would that Could that... Be, could that one performance lock it up for him to win the Heisman? I'm a believer that head-to-head matters in Heisman competition as well because we always say the Heisman's a team award. If it's a team award, then head-to-head has to matter. I, 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 I could not imagine giving the award today to Bo Nix when he lost to Michael Penix, who is just the same amount of odds as him, right? It, it just doesn't feel right. Um which is also why Jaden Daniels has to continue having monster games because how can you give it to him if Jalen Milrow has a similar stretch of games and he's in the SEC championship, maybe going to the college football playoff, right? If it's a team award, we can't pick and choose when it's a team award. It has to be a team award. So um, that's why Penix still has the edge over Bo Nix. The only way I could justify giving it to Bo Nix is if he beats Michael Penix in the Pac-12 yep. championship. Again, I remind people, both Washington and Oregon have to play Oregon State in these final two weeks. If you ask me right now, Oregon State's getting one of them because <laughs> Oregon State's on fire right now. But we will let that that whole thing play out. If Jalen Milrow beats Georgia – Immediately, he's probably the favorite as long as he has as long as he has a good game. You know, if it's some four interception performance and they somehow win, that's different. But if he keeps playing like this and they beat Georgia, then, then he's in the fold. So that's why so many people I have tied because it comes down to if that head-to-head matchup happens. All that being said, Marvin Harrison Jr. continues his streak of multiple touchdown games and goes off in the big game beating Michigan. That is probably going to be seen as as big. That will be seen as big of a moment as um, Milro beating Georgia or Bo Nix beating Washington. Yeah, and I think I don't have the numbers in front of me. He's getting really close to breaking Terry Glenn's single season record for receiving yards from an Ohio State receiver, and that's that's saying something. And, and consider this, and con. con- Consider this, and it's not a knock to Kyle McCord. It's how good C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields and every other Ohio State quarterback in the last couple years have been. This offense didn't find their footing until, what, week six? You know, like, that that, that game against Maryland was kind of the first time where we're like, okay, this offense isn't going to be mind-blowing, but they're finally starting to show some signs of continuity. Like, Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't get real stats. He went off against Youngstown State. No one's factoring that in, you know. Um, it wasn't until that Maryland game where people were like, okay, here's Marvin Harrison Jr. So the fact that he's he could break this record 
really punting the first week against Indiana. Um, I forget who they played week three, but he he really didn't didn't find himself until like a month ago. Maybe a month yeah, a couple half. quiet performances in there, but then the, the monster games still stand out big time. And you just kind of go back to what was it two or three weeks yeah. ago when Ohio State played Wisconsin. Uh, McCord had perhaps one of his worst games of the season. He was turning the ball over, had some fumbling yeah. issues in the first half. But again, this is when you talk about that Heisman case. You start getting the ball to Marvin Harrison. Everything started to loosen up a little bit. And next thing you know, they were able to pick up the victory. Um, we got to get you out of here. But real quick, I just want to ask you briefly. I think this is going to be a conversation we're going to have over the next couple of shows as we wrap up the regular season here on fourth and gold. But, you know, we are getting a little bit closer to um, opt out season, right? I mean, I, I you know, when you mm. talk about Jaden Daniels, you wonder, you know, would he even play in the bowl game, whatever bowl game he lands in as we start projecting things out a little bit. Um, just your general thoughts on that. Something to keep an eye on, you know, where do you kind of stand on that? Every case is different, right? Every case is specific, whether you are a Caleb Williams, you're a Jaden Daniels or whatever, um, but what's your general philosophy on um, players that decided, you know, uh, players that are moving on to the NFL just deciding to shut it down? Uh, we're going to start seeing that over the next couple of weeks. Fantastic question. Um, to, 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 to bring it back to Minnesota, right? If Minnesota goes to a bowl game, they're not – and it's not the, the Big Ten championship, um, yeah, Tavon Newbin should shut it down because he's probably going to be a first-round pick. And what's the point of risking something – um, for a bowl game on December 27th, and now instead of going in the first round, you're going in the fourth round because you broke your ankle, mm -hmm. right? Um, I had the opportunity to cover the Rose Bowl last year. Penn State was in the of course beat beat Utah, and I went in so surprised that um Joey Porter Jr sat out the game and Brenton Strange sat out the game and there was another guy as well. I'm 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 blinking. And I was like, what it's it's the Rose Bowl. I understand it's not the college football playoff. It's the Rose Bowl. And a guy said, Well the Rose Bowl means a lot to you because you're from LA County. You have to realize a kid born from the other side of the country, yeah, it's 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 an iconic yeah. game. But to him it's not a game worth risking this for. So what we have to realize is you have to factor in, okay, what is the bowl game? If it's not a college football playoff game, probably shouldn't play. Unless it's something like if 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 Joey Porter Jr. was from uh actually I think he's technically from Fresno or something, but if he was from LA County and grew up a UCLA fan and grew up going to the Rose Bowl and, and, and watching the Rose Bowl, I bet he would have played. But unless there's that sentimental value, sit out, man. Well sit out. You you, you have your you have so much money on the, and then the uh, bigger table. question is just really quick is with with nil and obviously you know college athletes now are, are getting paid for their yeah. services is there yeah. a price is there a price for you brock on a bowl game that would actually have you consider to play i mean it can't just be a hundred thousand dollars right what's a hundred thousand dollars versus a first round mm -hmm. contract right so right is, is there a number in your head that that would have you actually kind of maybe leaning okay i'll play yeah <laughs> you know what there is but it wouldn't be able to be reached because let's see the the rose bowl is either january 1st sometimes january 2nd um you have to realize that by that time in those players minds they're five months away from being yep. millionaires right so it's it's a hundred thousand dollars as crazy as it sounds that's not gonna <laughs> yeah. cut it like because because the 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 difference from a first round pick and a fourth round pick Millions. is like five yeah. mil. So you, you know mm -hmm. what I mean. So it, no, it, as as 
as crazy as it sounds that this is how we discuss college football, no way. Um, if, 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 if you are not, to sum it all up, if you are not playing in a college football playoff, and if you are not playing in a big bowl game that has sentimental value to you because of where you were born and raised, shut it down. It could be a million dollars, Brock, and you're still fiscally looking at it and saying that the responsible no. decision is to turn down the million dollars and obviously save yourself for yeah. the draft. It's pretty simple. Actually, Joe, actually, the, the genius thing would be accept the money and then just tell coach, don't put me in. Ooh. That's what you do. Oh, oh boy. He's That's coming to the sideline. That's what you do. He's got his head gingerly. <laughs> they're taping up that. He's trying it on the sideline, bro. He's trying it out. He just can't get it heated up. It's so weird, you know? It, it's so weird because I didn't see him get hurt on that last play, but he is, he is, he is holding that knee. Oh, man, I'm not sure what happened there. Oh, that is how you, you, you know, play you it got, off. You got to be play. careful with things like that, Brock. You can't. <laughs> oh, man, we got to get out of here. This is the 4th and Gold podcast here on Beyond the Big Ten. Follow us at Beyond the Big Ten, wherever you find your socials and Twitter, wherever. Uh, thank you so much for joining. My name is Joey Christopoulos, our host, Brock Vereen, uh, you could find him pretty much anywhere right now. Sirius XM, College Sports Radio, CBS Sports Net, uh, Big Ten Network. He's all over the place doing fantastic comment, uh, content and also uh, lucky enough to have him here at Beyond the Big Ten. Man, Brock, great to see you, man. Uh, good episode. Um, we're going to come back. We're going to keep having fun, right? You know what I mean? They play Ohio State this week, so we're going to keep talking general college. We're going to talk Minnesota. Plenty yeah, to talk plenty about. to talk about moving forward, man. Great to see you. Great show, and uh, uh, thanks for joining. 